Hello and welcome to AFL by Dummies, the only show where we actually have less accuracy than Melbourne and Geelong. Um, yeah, we're just going to make a whole bunch of claims in the next hour that probably aren't true. Anyways, believe it or not, uh, we've got another new host this week. Uh, Kreezer and Alex, unfortunately, both couldn't make it this week. So we've got Jacob with us. Hi, it's good to be here. I'm just going to ask the most important question. Which team do you go for? Uh, I'm a doggy supporter, so... I'm I'm excited to come in this week. It's a really good week for me. Yeah, uh, big uh, loss for you on the weekend. But as you always say, 2016, right? Exactly. So, I mean, if you ask any Carlton supporter, they'd do anything for a premiership at the moment. <laughs> yes. Anyways, my highlight for the week uh, was beating up Adelaide again. Uh, Adelaide had come off such a good win the week previous to West Coast and everyone's like, well, is Adelaide going to make their run? If they need to make finals, they're going to uh, win this week and, you know cruise towards finals. No, not happening. You're going to lose to Richmond at the MCG. Nothing's going to change that. Lost the grand final there. They're going to keep losing there. And it was great to watch them capitulate. Well, I think the main thing they can get out of it is the training camp worked. I mean, it's managed to get get them over all their demons about losing (laughs) there against the same team. So it seems to have worked. Well, I mean, they're used to the Richmond theme song, aren't they? So exactly. They would have been fine hearing it at the end of the game. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's no problems with that whatsoever. I'm surprised they don't have a little dance choreographed to it by now. Well, it's actually their newer theme song. <laughs> they're not even going to play the Adelaide one anymore. I'm not even sure what that goes like. I haven't heard it in a while. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, what was your highlight for the week in a week that wasn't great for highlights? Well, there, there, there was one big highlight for me. Uh, that was definitely not the Bulldogs. It was Nick Nat Nui. He took an absolute ripper of a mark uh, against GWS this week. And that actually brings me into my first joke of the show. So uh, Nat Nui rose over Aiden Kaur, um to take out Mark. Now, you could say Nat Nui's a big guy. He's 201, 201 centimetres, about 100 kilos. Well, if you go by Kreese's tackling guide, he can tackle about three people in the AFL, right? Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, big, big, big guy. And you could say that uh, Aiden Kaur's back would have been under a fair amount of pressure as, as Nat Nui rose up to take the grab. So in classic uh, AFL his fashion, I've composed a list oh, a of things lists. that were under less pressure than Aiden Kaur's back uh, <laughs> during that marking. Okay. Uh, so first of all, we've got a reference to the World Cup. The Russian penalty takers, uh, as they set up at the spot, um, as I had the weight of 140 million expected people on their shoulders, as well as the knowledge that they're probably going to get sent to a gulag if they miss the penalty. <laughs> yeah. Um, the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Oh, yeah. That's not, there's not that much pressure there when nah. you think about it. Aiden Core would do fine down yeah, there. Very pleasant environment, I've heard. Yep. Students doing a medical degree under less <laughs> pressure. <laughs> or even just like a surgeon doing like their first like operation. Exactly. Yeah. No could- pressure. Absolutely none whatsoever. Very comfortable. And uh, the centre of Black Hole. Oh, not yeah? Much, not much pressure there. Not from much Arthur. pressure there. I mean, I haven't done that much reading of Stephen Hawking's work, but I'm pretty sure he was saying there wasn't much pressure. Yeah, if you just stood in a black hole, you, I mean, you wouldn't, like, tear apart or anything. No, yeah, none of that. Exactly. Uh, I'd say the only thing under more pressure right now is uh, Brendan Bolton. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I'm sure we're going to reference that later at some point because... I mean, he's under a lot of pressure. But I did really like that list. Uh, he actually took two marks on the weekend as well, and both of them are going to be up there for mark of the year. Yeah. Spectacular player, responded 
that was the big thing. We went after him last week, and he responded this week. So good on him. Uh, I'm going to talk about Melbourne, and uh, in particular, Clayton Oliver. So he's a pretty well-known name um, across the AFL ranks. I have heard of him, yes. Yeah, therefore he must be a big name. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but you'd think he'd played like 100 games or so by now. He's yeah. just been around for a while. He played his 50th game on the weekend. That's, that's not... That's not I, I, Again, I'm not a, a massively across footy. I thought he'd been around for way longer than that. Yep. He's been an excellent player. He's put together what's going to go down as one of the best first 50 games of all time. So just to give you a few stats as to what he's achieved, he is second ever in contested possessions and clearances by 50 games. Who beat him? <laughs> Patrick Cripps. <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> Obviously, who else is going to beat him? Um, he's third in disposals by 50 games. He's... First in handballs. Here's the great thing about this one. He's had 948 handballs in his mm-hmm. first 50 games. The next best is 825. Jeez. That's 123 extra handballs. That record probably will never be broken. He's just shattered it. So the the thing you can really get across from this is Clayton Oliver, slow starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely don't have him uh, to start quickly. And then he's third in tackles as well. So if he's not getting the ball, he's tackling by 50 games. Like... Unbelievable, and you think of that Melbourne team, right? Max Gorn probably dominates the headlines. Hogan does. Clayton Oliver gets a little bit, but I mean, what he does is crazy, and he's still only a fifty-game player. He could play two hundred games, and he could go down as one of the all-time greats if he keeps this up. Yeah, this he doesn't rate... even need to go to another level. Yeah, because at this rate, he's going to be breaking a lot of records. Yeah, and speaking of records that were nearly broken on the weekend, Melbourne's inside fifty count. Just to go further, they won the inside fifty seventy-eight to twenty-eight. So convincing. Convincing. They won the inside 50s by 50. Isn't that kind of cool? They won the inside 50s by 50? There's a nice symmetry about Melbourne at the moment. Yeah. So Fremantle wasn't inside 50, inside 50s of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. look, let's not try the <laughs> wordplay here. And then they actually had 50 forward half intercepts as well. Well, like, yeah, symmetry. I've already said it. Like, they're really, they're making our jobs easy, really. Yeah. I didn't actually realise. I probably should have done something more interesting on that till then. <laughs> And I, feel, it, I feel like you say that a lot on this show. Yeah, true. Uh, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Um, Ross Lyon's meant to be known for a, being a defensive maestro, but that did not happen on the weekend. Like His team just beats, gets beaten up by good teams, and Melbourne only beats up on bad teams. Um, not going to help them come finals, though. Now, Jacob, huge news during the week. Oh, yeah, what's happened? It's all I've been asking for from the AFL. Tasmania popped up on the radar. And they're going to have a TAC Cup team next year. Well, so it's clear that Gillan McLaughlin's tuning in then. He's clearly taken on what we're, what we're saying on the show and putting it into action. Yeah, like exactly. It. It's as if we've got people in high places. Mm. I say that sarcastically when really we don't. <laughs> Anyways, we're just going to move on from that. No, so TAC is like the under-18 competition in Victoria. So they're going to have a TAC Cup team in 2019 and then they're going to have a provisional VFL team in 2021. So progress for the Tasmanians then, I guess, which is something that isn't really happening anywhere else in life well they asked about an afl team and gillan mclaughlin just didn't really um didn't really say it was going to happen he said oh we're just going to go one step at a time which essentially means it's never going to happen yeah hold your horses tasmania. so essentially all that's going to happen is Tasmania's just getting appeased at the moment that's all that's happening essentially mm-hmm. and we all know that you know appeasement always goes well because next thing you know tasmania will not only be part of australia but it'll control it all Mm. And, like, the last thing we need is a country of two-headed inbreeds. <laughs> <laughs> we I, thought, I thought I was being harsh to Tasmania there, and then you come up with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's just, I mean, 
it's pretty scary when you think about it. We can't have any of that happening. Uh, sorry to any Tasmanian viewers or listeners. Viewers as well. Gilling also took some criticism, though. He took it from the North Launceston Club president, um, who said this deal for um, the TAC Cup team and the VFL team had about as much joy as a slow dance with your sister. Well, I guess it's maybe, I think maybe in, that might be actually a compliment because in Tasmania that can be a whole different thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, as someone who doesn't have a sister, does that ever happen? No. No. Absolutely not. So that's actually a terrible analogy because this did happen. They did get a TAC Cup team, whereas you don't actually dance with your sister. Slow dance. Generally. Um, but the greatest thing ha- about this has to be the response. I reckon he does a bit of... Uh, oh, sorry. I reckon he does a lot of slow dancing with his sister, so I don't know. He needs to get out a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gillam of Auckland, again, agrees with us and yep. our assessment of Tasmanians. Exactly. But the greatest thing about this all has to be that the team name for this new ta- uh, TAC Cup team is going to be decided by the public. Wait, are we going to get, like, another Boat Boat well, face? Is it going to be, say, like, footy club, it's, footy club face? It's just going to be Tasmania McTazzy face. <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> it's, it's locked in. It is 100% going to happen. They don't even need to do a voting yeah. for it. I swear, if that's what it gets called, like, I will be so happy. They've, they've, they're already writing the banners. It's sorted. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I will support any... Uh, if there's a vote <laughs> that goes out, I will vote for Tazzy, uh, sorry, Tasmania McTazzy face. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I would. I, that would, I would love to say that. I would. I would start tuning into. Well, it's, t- it's the TSA. I'd start choosi- tuning into that if that happened. Yep. All right. So is it? Uh, I've got a stat now uh, for you guys. So I'm a Bulldogs fan, unfortunately for myself at the moment. The dogs got pretty badly beaten by Hawthorne. The final score was 122 to 59, and it may surprise some people that the dogs were actually up at half time, 46 to 40. So that meant we lost the second half, 78 to 13. So uh, the team talk really did wonders for us there. And it's not the first woeful second half of the Dogs this season. They lost to uh, Collingwood 55-90. to 90. Uh, They were up 51-33 at the half. Yeah, and they kicked four behinds. Four behinds. <laughs> That's not going to win you many games. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and take a punt on this. You're going to hedge your bets on that? Exactly. I'm going to say most teams that score four points in a half, probably not going to win the game. So I've done a bit of research. And I've found out the dogs' second half stats, basically. Yep. They've won two second halves this season. Excuse me? It's two. Re- that was round 16 on the weekend. Yeah, they won two. So 15 games, two wins in the second half. Yeah. They've, so, and you, you know what their percentage is for the sec- in the second half this season? What? 59.7. <laughs> that would put them... <laughs> That would put them, so two wins, 59.7 percentage, that would put them 17th on the ladder above only Carlton. And it's really not, I could do a whole, I could do another list on things that are like harder to lose the Carlton. So, whoa. They're not, not doing well at all in the second half. Your percentage half. is worse than Carlton's. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Continue. Um, so, compare that to the first half, they've won seven of the first halves yep. uh, with a percentage of 90, uh, 92.9. Which is it's it's not amazing, but it's considerably better. That would get them thirteenth on the ladder. That suggests that they you're a competent enough side because seven out of fifteen will get you close. Yeah, so that they're only behind Adelaide and Essendon on percentage there. So yep. they could be as high as eleventh without many wins. So in the finals hunt, if you're taking just their first halves, whoa. So uh, dogs... this is the first time people would have heard of this as well. I did not know this was a thing. 
Yeah, so yeah, the exclusive do- to AFL by Dummies. We exactly. should get you on more often, yeah, Jacob. Br- br- bringing uh, scathing content, deep dives <laughs> on the Bulldogs. Um, but yeah, they need to get better in the second half. Basically, I don't know what's going on. Whether they're just getting tired, whether they don't have the legs yet. Which well, you've got a younger pro- team. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We've got a young side with a lot of like. I would have thought the talent would be the hard part but yeah. to get, and they should be able to run out all game. But they, it seems to be the reverse. Yeah, because it's not like your young, young players. It's like third and fourth year players that you have a lot of in your side. So you should be running out the games better than other sides. Yeah, they should have the tank for it, but they just don't They don't seem to. And they're completely falling off. They've only come from behind once. Wow. And that was against Gold Coast, I think. So Yeah, I mean, is that really coming from behind? That's just ensuring you don't lose to the worst team ever. Yeah. Um, so, if, But the good thing is, if I can actually fix up the second half, they're, they're in okay shape. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now, Jacob, what have you got for us? Uh, I've got another joke. Uh, so... Carlton, they lost to Brisbane. Oh, you, d- you don't need to finish that. That's that's the joke yep, right there. Right, now, so now we're going into Carlton. your stat, yep. right? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, um, so Carlton lost heavily uh, to Brisbane, but they weren't even the biggest losers of the week. Uh, that mantle goes to Jack Lukosius, oh, who's projected no. to be the number one draft pick next and, in the next season. And, yeah, it looks like he's going to go to Carlton now. The poor guy. He would have been watching that game keenly and... Yeah. He's been let well, down. Well, the, the good thing for them is that he knows the player development of Carlton's fantastic, so he's going to become a really good player now. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, all their big forwards that have just turned out to be great over the years. Yeah, Exactly. Like the... No, I've got no examples of good forwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Brendan Bolton had plenty of good reasons for the defeat, though. Um, so he mentioned the fact that the loss of Jack Phillips forced them to... Wait, so they're saying that the loss of a player who's played 36 games games in seven years, taken 77 marks in that period and given away 49 free kicks, accumulates a whopping 6.9 disposals per game. So I really, I, I kind of get where Brendan's coming from there. I mean, where are they going to get those seven disposals from? Yeah, he's just irreplaceable. Yeah, like, it's it's like saying that the loss of Alex from AFI Dummies is an excuse for the poor quality. Yeah, exactly. It's more just on the fact that, you know, it's just not a great show. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. What show are we on again? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so more from that press conference. Uh, he mentioned that they wanted to be defined by the pressure. Uh, and to be fair to him, he's managed that because they are definitely defined by the pressure on Crips to perform <laughs> and the pressure on himself <laughs> as the coach of the club. Yeah, <laughs> they have done very well in that department indeed. Yeah, so check that box. Well done, Braden Bolton. He's succeeded then, basically. Yeah, how could Carlton fans be unhappy? Exactly. Well, he, he goes on to talk about this, in fact. Um, so Bolton said, I think the supporters can understand the reality of where we're at just now. <laughs> so but what he's done here is spawn... Uh, our side's awful, and you as supporters, deal with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you should put your money into this uh, shambolic club. Yeah, and the the kicker is they've been in this site for four years. Uh, in fact, they're actually getting worse. They've gone backwards from a point that no one thought you could actually go backwards from. It's like they've fallen off a cliff, and then in the process of picking themselves up from just a shocking fall, they've fallen off another cliff. <laughs> And it's just like endless cliffs, yeah. essentially. Yeah, it's just cliff after cliff after cliff after cliff after cliff. Yeah, no, it's terrible to be a Brisbane... Uh, no, sorry, a Carlton... Well, it's terrible to be both, to yeah. be fair, but I'd rather be a Brisbane fan at the moment. I did like that. Um, it's interesting because on the weekend, yes, Brisbane did do very well, and kudos to them, but like Carlton's back six was abominable. And I don't think I use that word too often for good reason. Um, so their back six at one point was it that Sam Rowe, mm-hmm. 
big name player. You yeah. know, he's just the number one defender. Well, yeah, when when you think Backman, you think him. So you think him so much, I've forgotten his name already. Yep. Um, they had Dale Thomas back there. I mean, totally hasn't been known as a forward throughout his entire career. Um, they had Jed Lamb, who's actually a backman. Um, so yeah, well, that's, that's that's good. You're including a backman in your back line. It's, it, Brendan Bolton really is. He's a genius. He's, yep. got, he's, got, he's got his ways to really shake it up. They had Jack Silvani. Uh, Great. So started as a small forward. Don't know what he's doing down there. And then they had Liam Jones, who's actually a backman, but he's arguably the most inconsistent player in the entire league. Like, he's just a dumpster fire of a player some days. <laughs> like, Eric, Eric Hipwood kicks six. That's how bad he is. And then they had Mark Murphy down there. So, good veteran presence, definitely. Well, <laughs> your second best midfield, second or third best midfielder down back. Like, no wonder he should be leaving Carlton. They're throwing him down back. Yeah, it's a fantastic use of their assets. Oh, it's just the greatest it. back line ever. No wonder Brisbane only scored 122. I mean, they could have scored 300. Exactly. If, it, if they had their proper back line. Anyways, yes, it's just crazy what's happening in that Carlton team at the moment. Yes, they have a few injuries, but, like, they have a serious... Serious lack of depth. Anyways, I'm going to talk about Collingwood now. This is going to take it's going a lot. It's going to hurt, isn't it? No, this is going to hurt. Collingwood's good people. Um, <laughs> we'll see how good they are over the next couple of weeks. Um, they've got a few huge games. I know they play three of the top four sides. The other four tops. They're one of the top four sides, and they play the other three top yeah. four sides. I mean, they're going to have to fight tooth and nail for that one, which is going to be pretty hard for Collingwood fans, considering they've only got about two of them to go around. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But... um. They're at least a top eight side, a good top eight side at that. Like on the weekend, Essendon went up by seven points early in the fourth quarter. And you thought, well, Essendon's playing brilliant football at the moment. They could just run away with this. And everything suggested that Essendon had all the momentum. Then Collingwood stepped up, which is something they just haven't done in a very long time. And they're like, their leaders particularly were like, well, this game's out here to be won. We're going to win it now. Scott Penderbury had six six clearances in the last quarter alone. Jeez. He had 11 for the match, six in the last quarter. He was phenomenal. And they weren't just, like, booting it out clearances. They were good clearances um, to advantage down, further down the field. Uh, Jordan Dugowie, technically a leader of the club in terms of how well he plays. Maybe not uh, what he does outside of the club, yeah. but kicks two crucial goals against the flow. Um, and that's just a few of the names I could throw out. Steel side bottom was in his 200th game, and he had a great game as well. Like Brody Grundy in the ruck. They got Jeremy Howe, who took two huge contested marks down back. I mean, this is a good side. Yeah, I mean, it was only like last year people were still calling for Bucks' head, now they're second on the ladder. So. Well, Alex was actually calling for his head at round two this year. Well, good on you, Alex. You've really got some foresight there. Yeah, well exactly. No, we have to give them a bit of credit uh, before they go into their tough run. If they, Even if they lose all three of these games over the next uh, three or four weeks, they're still... Well, gonna... it's really a final side. Yeah. Well, they're sitting second. Um, they should finish top four with their run home because it gets a little easier after that. So, unbelievable. Kudos to Buckley. Like, credit where credit's due. You have to... As unpleasant as it is to give credit to Collingwood, we're just going to have to do it. Yep. Sometimes you got to suck it up, don't you? Anyways, uh, North Melbourne played Gold Coast in a game of the two... In the battle of... Well, in Sydney, they have the Battle of the Bridge, right? Yeah. This is the battle of the worst fan bases, I think, is the best way to put don't it. Don't you need people to be there for a battle to happen? True. Like, it's it's really just like two guys swinging sticks at each other, if you're going with the battle analogy, because there's no other soldiers around. So it's just... It's not even like... But it's not either a fan base, though. It's just the battle of the base. So, actually, I, I would argue, it, argue it's more... It's the scuffle. 
The scuffle oh, of the base. <laughs> the scuffle of the worst fan bases. No, not fan bases, because there's no fans. Oh, yeah, so yeah, the yeah, scuffle of the base. I don't know what base it is, but I don't know. It's a that's base just, nonetheless. That's just what we're going to base it on. <laughs> Anyways, um, on the weekend, North Melbourne, top eight side playing well, hosted Gold Coast. And they only got 14,389 people there. That's not many. No. At all. When you compare that to perhaps at Collingwood Essendon. Yeah. There was 59,000 people there, I believe, yesterday, on mon- on Sunday, sorry. Anyways, so it led me to think, like, what could be more populated than Etihad? Because there's obviously not many people going to these games. Um, so what could be more populated? Uh, Chernobyl, just the obvious <laughs> first one. <laughs> well, you could, you, could, you could say the footy on the ground there is waste as well, so... Yeah, exactly. A lot of parallels to draw. Um, what's more populated? My extensive list of ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Just a w- classic dig at your love life. Well, yeah, I went a bit deeper this time than love life because, you know, I mean, once it's done, you have to go harder, obviously. Exactly. Um, intelligent people inside Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> or Tasmania. You can take your pick there. Yeah, exactly. You could even do, like, dual citizens. There's more dual citizens <laughs> inside Parliament than there is people at Etihad. Uh, there's actually uh, more people in the studio than there was at Etihad on the weekend. Yeah, there's uh, not many of us here. We don't exactly have a big crew. No. Uh, we've actually got a live studio audience. Yeah, we do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's just a few of the things that, you know, came to mind. I was just like, I mean, I don't know why I'd go to that game, but you'd yeah. expect more people to go to that game given how well North Melbourne's doing. They've got 40,000 members as well. I was going to go on a tear about how many members they've got. They've actually got a reasonable number of members. So why aren't they going? They're playing good footy at the moment. Surely that's when your members rock up. Yeah, and you're playing Gold Coast. You know you're going to win. Oh, I don't get it. I, I'm a big fan of that uh, list, though. And I'm, I love any list with your love life involved in it. So Yeah, well, yeah. It's not the greatest love life ever, but <laughs> we'll move on. Yeah, I've got, I've got a stat for you. So um, do you remember the 17th of June uh, 2017? Like it was yesterday. So you, you may recall that Sydney kicked eight of the last nine goals to beat the Tigers in that oh, game. Oh, that was, that was a terrible game because we'd literally lost three games by less than a goal like four weeks previous in a row. And this was just like the heart-wrenching one. Oh, you haven't really had to go through that much heartbreak since though. Because uh, that was the last time Richmond lost at the MCG. Wait, so June 7th, so that's like a year and a month ago. Yeah. Uh, so since then, they've beaten Carlton, Adelaide, Hawthorne, St Kilda, Geelong, GWS, Adelaide again, Carlton again, Hawthorne again, Brisbane, Melbourne, Collingwood, Fremantle, St Kilda again, Essendon, Geelong again, and Adelaide for a third time. That's 17 in a row at the G. Yeah, we equaled the record, didn't we? Uh, the other team that had won 17 in a row was Melbourne in the 1950s. Game was a little different back then. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, well, Melbourne were consistent for that one. That's 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 a big change. Um, so, <laughs> unfortunately, Richmond are looking like clear favourites to win the flag again, especially when you consider um, one of their main contenders, Sydney, uh, losing at home. They've lost to uh, Port Adelaide, Adelaide North Melbourne, and Geelong at home, who are all in the hunt for a premiership. Yeah, and Sydney's going to have to... Pl- if they finish top four, they're going to play... Well, top six even, they're going to play an elimination final at home at some point. Yeah. Where you win or lose, you're, lose, you're out. And how much do you trust them to win a home elimination game? Yeah, when they've lost to four teams that they could easily face um, in those games. It's interesting because like, Richmond are clear favourites because they're winning comfortably at home. It's not even just the fact that the grand final's at the MCG. Um, just 
I mean, they're going to have a home final at the MCG yeah. first week. And by the looks of it, they're probably going to have exclusively home finals. So yep. they're looking all right. Yeah, I, it's hard to pick against them. Um, and whereas Sydney, like, they play very well away from home, but you don't want to have to rely on a away win in finals. And if you're not winning at home... They should actually... I would almost recommend them doing going for a Bulldogs, dropping down to about 7th and then just playing all the away games. Well, it's interesting because they were the last team to beat Richmond at the MCG. Managed in that first week of finals, Richmond v Sydney at the MCG, I'd be genuinely worried. Yeah, they're, pro- they're probably the biggest threat to you guys. Yeah, at, at the MCG at least. Um, no, it's very interesting. And go Richmond. I don't say that too often, but <laughs> we're going to beat the record not this week, but the week after. Who are they hopefully. playing? GWS away this week, then we play Collingwood. What a game. <sighs> Big game. First v second. Anyways, well, would you reckon Coll- sorry, Collingwood aren't going to spoil your party? I've said this for a while, Richmond in that game, like Collingwood's going to go in with such high hopes because they'll beat West Coast this week and then they'll be like, well, we can match Richmond. And then Richmond's just going to drive them into the dirt. And as Collingwood fans would spend a lot of time being driven into the dirt, so I guess they'll be used to it. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, we'll go with that. Anyways, Jacob, uh, huge news overseas. And I know Tasmania's overseas, but this is other (laughs) news that's overseas. So Brian Lake got arrested in Japan. What? Wait, wait. In Japan? Yep. Brian Lake's never been known to, you know, get in any trouble or anything. No, so, like, just... this is completely unusual. But no, he got arrested in Japan for a drunken incident. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it got me thinking, right, this is what happens when we try and develop AFL in other countries. It just goes so pear-shaped. And I can only assume this is why Tasmania doesn't have a team. Yeah. So, yeah, we can either, we can get inbreeding in Tasmania, we can go to China and no one's going to rock up, or we can go to Japan and get arrested. So... Well, the, or ten people can ten thousand people can turn up in China, but only like one thousand watch the game, and the rest get food because yeah. food is more entertaining. <laughs> in saying that, that's an interesting debate that we yeah. can have another What's time. What's better, food or footy? Yeah, food or footy. Well, it depends how reasonably priced the food is. Yeah, well, if we're not if we if it's talking about food at the footy, then we're not going reasonably priced. Exactly. Um, but don't you love it when problems that occur here happen overseas? Like is absolutely love it. Yeah, it's my, one of one of my favorite things. It's almost as if the best solution solution is to fix the cultural problems before you ship the football overseas. <laughs> but no, no, obviously you wouldn't do that. Or you know, you could just send over people who aren't like brain dead. Like yes. that, that's an interesting take on it. I'm not sure if the AFL is listening. I know they did with Tasmania. Maybe maybe they are now. But that's just my two cents on it. Um, so what did he actually? So drunken incident. What what actually happened? Oh, it was just like a fight. In like a but so bar. just like went to a bar and got in a punch up. Well, I, I'm sure the reason he wasn't, I'm sure he wasn't going to the bar just for the sake of a punch up. But essentially, that's <laughs> what happened. That happened in the end. Um, well, I don't know about you, but if I was trying to raise football in China, uh, in Japan, sorry, I mean, I would do anything to get out of that. I don't know. Anyways, the greatest thing out out of this though has to be the, someone told him to get out of jail as quickly as he could. But that's that's an interesting take. Well, uh, it's yeah, I know. I don't know why you try and get out of jail quickly. It's it's the sort it's the sort of out of the box thinking that someone like Brendan Bolton might use, like using defenders in the back line, getting out of jail quickly. You know, these are two things that you really wouldn't think to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's going to be held there for twenty three days without charge. But like, I mean, why would you want to get out? Sounds fantastic, jail, right? Yeah, exactly. They probably have the those those the same toilets over there. One of those weird mach- machine toilets. <laughs> It's an experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure the Carlton players would l- prefer that because they're stuck in an even bigger hole at the moment. <laughs> but I just thought we'd have to share that news to the world because, you know, 
<laughs> AFL doing poorly overseas is just new news, obviously. I mean, it never happened before. Yeah. Well, speaking of things going poorly, um, for anyone who was watching the already terrible Channel 7 commentary on the weekend, um, it actually got worse. How? Well, Bruce McAvaney was a shadow of his former self, and I think it's pretty obvious why. Um, so I'd like to actually send my condolences to Bruce. Uh, he's lost his purpose and the love of his life. He's lost Sir Orioli. Oh, Rioli's the target. Look at them getting oh, Rioli near the boundary line. Something special in his car. Rioli's got the impossible goal. Rioli will get a fourth, I reckon. He, he's teasing us all. Oh, he prolonged the ecstasy. Cyril, it's been a pleasure to be able to watch you play during my childhood. Whilst Hawthorne has never been anyone's favourite team to watch, you always managed to make watching them win bearable. Those hangers that you took out of nowhere, the clean handling, but most importantly, those iconic tap-ons that have now become a staple of the modern-day AFL game. Thanks for that legendary grand final performance in 2015. The Norm Smith medal that truly made you one of the all-time greats. Thanks for everything, Cyril Rioli. You will be missed. It was beautiful. It's very hard. Uh, what a great player, though. Like, seriously. Absolutely. Like, what he will go down as one of the all-time greats. And particularly, not even just because of how good he was, but he changed the game. Like, like I said there, those tap-ons. Like, you have a look at Richmond. They do so many of those now. They're the number one team in the league for tap-ons. And, and, and the forward pressure as well. Yeah. But I feel like that's something coaches have always been, you know, wanting, uh, forward pressure. But, like, I mean, tap-ons, you don't take a disposal. It's not... It doesn't go down on the stat sheet. But these days, everyone's trying to do it because there's so much pressure on you. You've got to get rid of the ball quickly. And he's he has changed the game. And not many players can ever say that they've changed the game. So, like, kudos to him. Thanks for being an awesome player. And like I said, it wasn't fun watching Hawthorne win, but it was fun watching it whilst you were around. And best of luck to you for the rest of your life because I don't know what else to say. You, you deserve all the best. And... uh Best of luck to uh, Bruce McAvaney as well. Yeah, and we um, know it's not going to be easy for you, but we're here for you. If you need anyone, uh, you know how to contact us. If he actually contacted us, <laughs> that, could, the show. that could be the greatest thing that ever happened to this show. Yeah, stay tuned for next week when we have a live call in from Bruce McAvaney. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we tried to interview him whether he'd be down. Probably not. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a punt on that. That's a that's a fair punt. Anyways, we're gonna go into tipping for this round. So on Thursday night, Adelaide versus Geelong. I I, I think I got it. it's it's a it's in Adelaide, right? Yep. Uh, I'm I'm still not loving Adelaide at the moment. The training camp really hasn't worked. I'm gonna go with Geelong for this one. Geelong play really well at the Adelaide Oval, so I'm gonna go with them, and they're gonna finally bury Adelaide. And their season's going to be over before it really ever got started. Uh, Friday night. <laughs> so Thursday night is uh, Adelaide versus Geelong, right? Yep. So you think they'd back that up with something even bigger for Friday night? Yeah, you've got to escalate it. Yeah. So uh, St Kilda Carlton, obviously. I, I, um, I can't wait to watch this game. I mean, there's going to be so much talent on display. 
Uh, it's going to be a, f- a fantastic round of football. That you can promise. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be going to this game. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> like, what a waste of... Oh, I don't know why. I wish I had friends sure. who went for better teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't say anything. You go for the Bulldogs. 2016. <clears throat> Anyways, I'm just going to go with St Kilda for this. Carlson are going to drop again to an even lower low. Yep, I agree. Follow up on the cliff. I'm going to go with St Kilda as well. Yep. Uh, Hawthorne against Brisbane. Down in Tasmania. Here's the football you could get Tasmania. Hawthorne versus Brisbane. I feel like Br- Brisbane have been playing all right the last, last couple of weeks, but um, I think it's time for their reality check. I don't see Hipwood uh, kicking, kicking six this time. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Brisbane's already beaten Hawthorne this year. They beat them. They were the first team to beat Hawthorne. I don't think uh, Hawthorne's going to let that happen again. Uh, I'm, I'm going to use my 50-point margin on this one. Okay. I'm going to say late in the third quarter be 50 points. Fair enough. Uh, Hawthorne plays so well down there, so I'm going to go for Hawthorne as well. Uh, Melbourne versus Bulldogs is the next game at the MCG. I, I really just wanted an excuse to not use my 50-point margin in this game. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Melbourne don't play very well at the MCG, so I'm not going to use my 50-point margin here. I'm still going to tip Melbourne, but I think this could be an all right game in the end. I'm going to be a loyal supporter and go for the Dogs. Uh, I'm not confident, though. Fair enough. Uh, Gold Coast versus Essendon. This is my 50-point margin. Um, Essendon's just going to wipe them. Yeah, they'll be disappointed for the, with their with the loss last week. Sorry, I reckon I, re- I reckon Gold Coast the ones that are going to cop it. Yep, 50 points before halftime. Uh, Saturday night, sorry. Uh, GWS versus Richmond at a spotless. Interesting game because GWS has been playing better. Uh, they probably should have beaten West Coast on the weekend, um, but unfortunately didn't. Whereas Richmond's just been playing very well, except outside of the state. So mm. will, will this be Richmond's fourth loss away against a good side? I reckon it will be. I'm going to go with GWS. Well, I have to go with Richmond, but uh, this is a danger game. But uh, Jeremy Cameron's not playing still, so I'm going to back us in. Uh, and probably the game of the round coming up on Sunday, Collingwood versus West Coast, second versus third. What a big game. Is it going to be re- reality check time for Collingwood yet, or are they going to keep rolling? Well, West Coast could get uh, Jack Darling, uh, Josh Kennedy, Lacra, and Barras back all in one week. That's four of their probably eight most important players. Yeah, all back in one week. Like that—that's danger signs for Collingwood. But I'm still going to go with Collingwood because it's at the MCG. I reckon it'll be a cracker. I reckon West Coast will win a close one. Big game. I reckon whoever wins this will probably get the home final come the end of the year. Then another really good game. Uh, Sunday's got a few good games. Uh, North Melbourne Sydney. Well, Sydney's away, so I'm probably going to back him in. Yeah. North Melbourne has to win this, otherwise they drop out of the chase a little bit again in what is a very tight race. I'm going to go north just out of the sake that they have to win. Yeah. But this is a tough game. I'm going to say Sydney win another close game. Awesome. We're tipping differently in a true AFL by dummy style. And then the last game, I don't expect a different tip in this. This is Fremantle versus Port Adelaide. Yeah, well, I think, you know, without Fife. Oh, wait, without Fife. Haha. <laughs> uh, Port. Easily. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind being able to use a second 50-point margin on this one, to be honest. Can I use a 100-point margin? Yeah, why not? I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll allow it. As, yeah. as the person who is a stickler for the rules on this podcast. As uh, the person who's been on this podcast every week. Yeah. Yeah, Port Adelaide to be up by 100 at the very end. It could get very ugly here. And that's been another show of AFL by Dummies. Thanks for filling in, Jacob. That um, is all right. I've had a great time. 
And I actually believe this is our last week. Um, unfortunately, we won't be going on next week. However, we will stay as a podcast. So if you want to catch us, we'll still be using the Facebook page. We'll still be on iTunes. So you can catch us in all the same places. Maybe even it might get better. Don't count on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk about inaccuracies. Yeah. We've, we've closed with one. So that, at least, yeah, we've got, we've got symmetry there again. Yeah, exactly. You've been a big stickler for symmetry today, if that's something you've been a stickler for. Anyways, from myself, Chalk. And Jacob. Have a nice afternoon, everybody. Bye.